Welcome, I'm Pastor Vince, and this is Applying God's Word, a Bible teaching ministry from the Word of God. This is study number 46, titled, The Son of God Enters the World. In a few days, we will celebrate Christmas, the day God gave us the greatest gift of all time. So, Merry Christmas to all of you. Today, I'm reading from Paul's letter to the Galatians. It tells of God sending his son into the world at the appointed time. Let's read Galatians 4, verses 4 through 7. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. Paul calls this time the set time, the time that's right for this intervention. How the Son enters the world is the same way each of us does, through a human birth. The Son of God is born of woman. This passage from Paul's letter to the Galatians has all this in common with other texts of Scripture, ones that we associate more easily with Christmas. But Paul's special emphasis is on the results of this intervention. The Son is sent into the world so that we might receive adoption as children, children of God. In other words, Christ is the Son of God by right, by nature. His entrance among us makes it possible for us to be children of God as well. Children not by right, but by gift. Children not by nature, but by adoption. This is the side of Christmas which rarely is mentioned in the flurry of activity culminating on December 25th. The Christian assertion is not simply that the Son of God becomes human in Jesus, wonderful though that is, The claim is also that humans share in divine life. The Son of God, forever coming forth from the Father, is born into the woman Mary at a particular moment and place in history. Because of this, human beings born into the world at a particular place in time are born again of God, given a life that is everlasting. The humanity assumed by God the Son becomes the means for countless humans, including you and me, to share in the divine life which forever circulates as the Holy Trinity. So the great gift of Christmas is one and unique. It is the birth in time of the timeless Son of God, His incarnation, as one of us forever. Yet this great gift is also manifold and personal and specific. Divine life available to each of us in place of human death, a gift which is the end result of Christ's mission in the world. The participation of what is divine in what is human, so that what is human may participate in what is divine, this is the fullness of grace and mercy shown to us, the divine superabundant goodness and generosity answering the deep, persistent longing, a longing often without words, that characterizes human aspiration at the highest. So then, God call us his children, his children by adoption, yet his children completely and with no reservation on his part. There is in this naming a tenderness, an intimacy, 
a good-hearted acceptance that exceeds our ability to comprehend. The love of the Father towards each and every one of his children is something impossible to exaggerate. But in his celebration of Christmas, Paul takes us still further. It's not simply that God sends his Son into the world for us, that God sends his Son to the cross and tomb for us, that we may be adopted as his children. Romans 8 verse 17 tells us, Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God, and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. The gift he gives us is a double one, and in both instances, it is the gift of himself. Not only does the word become flesh, not only does God send his son into the world so that we might enjoy eternal life, but also God sends the spirit of his son. This is the Holy Spirit, the giver of life, but it's specifically under the title of the spirit of the son that this Holy One comes to live in us and enable us to live. And so the Spirit's prayer within us reflects our glorious status as God's children. It is a prayer intimate and trusting and insistent and simple. The prayer is the cry, Abba, Father. These two words have the same meaning. The Spirit moves us to pray, to live out the relationship of the divine parent and human child. This prayer is like the relationship it reflects. It comes as a divine gift. So, consider your own prayer, whatever life of prayer you may recognize as yours. Like any of us, you may be less than satisfied with how you pray. Your prayer may be at times listless, infrequent, self-centered, unimaginative, drab, or petty. Sometimes your interior existence may be so dry that you dare not even claim to pray. But remember this great truth. Through it all, you remain God's child. The Spirit of the Son still lodges within you, perhaps at a level so deep that it's beyond your perception or even beyond your hope. Still, the Holy Spirit cries out within you and on your behalf, Abba, Father. Though human words may at times fail you, the voice of the Spirit remains unceasing. Your failures cannot erase the fact that in Christ, God has become human so that we may with him be sons and daughters of God. Your failures cannot extinguish the Spirit's voice praying deep within you, nor can they overturn how you are constituted in God's own image and icon of holiness forever. We human beings are slaves to any number of things, Call this state of existence addiction or sin or dysfunctional relationship or spiritual blindness. It all amounts to a slavery and servitude which does dishonor the work of the Trinity on our behalf. Yet in today's Christmas story, Paul, someone known for bold assertions, makes one of his very boldest ones. You are no longer a slave, he dares to tell each and every member of the Galatian congregation. You are no longer a slave, he dares to tell each and every one of us here today. Whatever your bondage, that is not your reality. You are instead a child, God's own child. And if you are a child of God, 
then you are also God's heir and inheritor of God's kingdom, in part now, in its fullness, in the age to come. You are a child of God, a royal person, by the gift and goodness of God, by the conspiracy of love, which is the work of the Trinity. Paul dares to ask us to line up our lives with this truth beyond our comprehension. May we have the God-given audacity to do so as siblings of Jesus and children of the King and heirs of the kingdom. May our lives accept and reflect this truth as we celebrate Christmas. Amen. Amen.